Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 434. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Venak. Well, our kids are just about at school, eh? Uh, Emma's done tomorrow, I think, is her last day. Yes, mine are Jealous. tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah, my it's my last day too. I'll be back in September. Sorry, Sorry for that <laughs> bad that notice. Be nice. I miss those oh. days. Of course, at the time we didn't really understand just how awesome it was. At the beginning, we did, but remember, like halfway through the summer, you'd be bored silly sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But I, what I would <laughs> give to be bored silly these days—it just doesn't no. happen. And not no. even just work stuff. It's like life is just crazy. Everything in yeah. life is just busy. Yeah, but. this is our our heyday of lots of stuff to do, and yeah. Anyway. Well, there is a lot to share. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks with SMX Advanced having happened, and it was a free one this year, um, which online, which had countless people, I'm sure, attending. I wonder just how many people um, who signed up actually went and used it. <laughs> what, are you, um, what are you hinting at, Ross? <laughs> well, I know many of my crew were signed up but didn't use it. That will hopefully change, but uh, it's just so typical, you know, when something's free, you're like, oh, get to it. But when you pay for it, it is a little different. Um, well, last year, we paid for it. And yeah. I sat through the whole two days worth of seminars and did it in real time. And this year, it was free. And I, um, I, I'm, I'll go to the website soon. And I'll check <laughs> it out. And I, you know, I, I know for sure I will. We've got, I think, till the end of August for those that have signed up and not gone yet. You got till the end of August to access all the material and I'll do it hundred percent. I'll do it, but I, <laughs> well, I'm I know, definitely pro procrastinating a little. Yeah, no, I get, don't get me wrong. I only listened to one of them. I only watched one. One was particularly interesting to me, but, um, and it was about, you know, how to prepare for Google analytics four and, and mostly I was just looking for anything I didn't already know because we'd done fairly extensive research on it, but, uh, and there wasn't much we didn't know, but, um, it's always encouraging to listen to another expert and make sure that they know what they're doing too. Um, or, or not what they're doing, but what we're doing is right. Um, yeah. anyway, it was good. It was a good, and, and SMX advanced was, uh, probably will soon be again, my number one attending conference. The one I did actually attend. I just, it's lost a little luster because that was one of the few times I got to see John and, yeah. uh, he's not going to those anymore, unfortunately. All right. Well, so we'll start off with a little non-SEO news. Twitter, of all things, tell us a little about this. Yeah, and, and this, I think it might have some implications for SEO, maybe, but I figured I'd include it. So Twitter has launched or is about to launch the something that's the first of its kind in social media, allowing people to do product drops for merchants. So this kind of confused me at first, and I had to read through it, but... This is how it's going to work. Uh, basically, if you are an e-commerce site, you can put up a, a tweet about an upcoming product launch, whether it be a new product or something that's going to be a back in stock that's maybe been unavailable for a while. And a remind me button will show up in that tweet. And then your followers can click that remind me button to uh, be reminded of when that product becomes back in stock. And they can also learn more about the details of the launch price description, whatever you want to put in there. Uh, so, and then after they click the remind me button, uh, they will get a push notification 15 minutes before, and then again, at the time of the product drop and Sweet. yeah. And then that link, that notification will have a link directly to the shopping page on the merchant's website, where you can then go and purchase a product. 
And this one kind of hit with resonated with me a little bit because I've been trying to get a PlayStation five for my son and definitely not for myself at all. Um, <laughs> and it was impossible because if anyone's out there aware of PS fives right now, they're impossible to get. And anyway, so I'd been trying, I'd been following this, this uh, guy on Twitter and he would post every time they made uh, product available at Walmart or Costco or wherever. But by the time you click on the link, usually the product was already sold out because there was that delay between the, the uh, e-commerce site and this, this particular Twitter feed. Well, uh, I did manage to get one, so that was cool, but it took a long time and a lot of tries, but this will actually help expedite that because you're going to get it directly from say Walmart when they want to launch a new one, you know, it's going to be there when you click, you click the, uh, uh, not the remind me button, the, the notification. So I think that could be pretty good for a lot of these e-commerce sites, but I was thinking from about it from another perspective. And that's if you're trying to build your Twitter following, and if you are selling a product that's really high in demand and hard to get, you could have a link, follow us on Twitter to be notified instantly and put that on your out of stock page or, um, if you have a press release or something about a product launch that's coming out, you can put a link to your Twitter within the product launch press release, and people might try to follow you in order to help get these, these product drops. So I, I don't know. I think that could be leveraged a bit there for social media. So not Excellent. really an SEO thing, but I think, uh, there is some overlap there. Yeah. And, and typically, uh, I think it's a good thing to add for the show because typically this kind of thing does really well at the beginning. And then when people get bored with it, it doesn't. So taking advantage of it immediately, there's always some risk involved, but I think minimal in this case, and you might be able to ride the wave. So if you have any kind of e-commerce, uh, check this out. Definitely. I would say, shot. especially if you already have a strong Twitter following, um, you know, it might be pretty beneficial. So awesome. All right. Into SEO news. There was an article I read the other day from the Atlantic. Uh, it's called uh, The Open Secret of Google Search. Now, what, what I guess triggered it was the author's own experience trying to find information, um, which he found full of garbage, really kind of auto-generated um, or seemingly auto-generated pages, uh, you know, maybe created by AI, whatever. As it turned out, it might be other things, but it just wasn't very good quality and he wasn't impressed. And then I guess he found this article by uh, DKB, uh, Brereton, I believe his name is. Anyways, I'll post a link within our, our, our notes, our show notes. Um, and it talks about how Google search is dying. Uh, I'll just make that note here, is dying. Um, and he talks about how, this other person talks about how, you know, if you wanna find something and you want a really decent answer, type the search and then add Reddit at the end. <laughs> he says, that's where you'll find a lot of the great stuff. And he's dead serious. And I can't fault him for that. There's a lot of times where I'm looking for something and I'm sent to Reddit. So it yep. really is a, a great platform. And, and again, wish John was here for this because uh, Reddit was part of the company he worked with. That's actually one of their properties. So I'm sure he, had, he would have been interesting things to add, but um, it's, it is another good article. I haven't read all of it, but what I've read, I've liked. I want to look at it. Um, it's a it's a pretty scathing review of Google these days. Uh, it was written on February 15th. Um, but back to the main article here that, that was just launched a couple days ago, The Open Secret of Google Search. 
having all of this information in tow, he, he launches into kind of this, this rant. Well, you know, the, Arc the Atlantic writers are really good. So it's not so much a rant, but he gets into why um, it, it seems to be true that the open secret of Google search is that it is dying or that it's just not as good a good quality. Of course, thankfully, he didn't just leave it at that. He got into uh, some an interesting uh, <laughs> stories from people who are SEOs, uh, interesting stories from um, other people who've tried to use Google, etc. But one of the ones of my favorites was uh, a guy by the name of Verbit. Um, I, I, I don't know if that was a pseudonym, I can't remember, but uh, talks about his quote unquote, soul crushing job at the Hoth. Now that's H-O-T-H in capitals. It's an SEO company that um, has been controversial in the past. Um, they, I would say, are not white hat from what I've seen. Um, in other words, they probably go into the gray area to perhaps black. I don't know about that. I'm not going to put my word on that, but, uh, I've heard enough times that people don't like using them. Some people do. And in this case, Verbit worked for them. And he said he wrote posts that sounded robotic or like they were written by somebody who just discovered language. <laughs> uh, and the rest of this is also a quote from the article. He had to write up to 10 posts a day on subjects he knew nothing about. Quickly, he started repurposing old posts for other clients' blogs. Quote, those posts that sounded like an AI wrote them, sometimes they're from real people trying to jam in as many keywords as possible, unquote, Verbit told me. Um, so uh, he ended up quitting the job after a year, and he described the industry of search gaming as a house of cards. Those are his own words, a house of cards. And I want to get back to that in a second. Now, uh, thankfully, they did ask uh, Danny Sullivan at Google, uh, I'll never get used to saying that, um, that, uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll quote him again here, quote, Sullivan believes that some of the recent frustrations with Google search actually reflect just how good it's become. And this is Danny speaking, we search for things today we didn't imagine we could search for 15 years ago, and we believe it, and we believe we'll find exactly what we want. He said, our expectations have continued to grow, so we demand more of the tool. And uh, the author says, well, it's an increase, interesting, albeit convenient response. And Marie Heinz, uh, Haynes, uh, one of the uh, better writers and, and uh, interesting SEOs out there, I like her content and stuff, uh, talks about how the younger generation is searching really differently these days. And they almost speak to Google like it's a person. And, and it's true. It's a good point. I, I see my kids doing that all the time. Uh, they ask conversationally a question, whereas we think in keywords or, I mean, we're still getting better results, I think. But they are, Google is adapting to the next generation. And it's an important point. Uh, what does that mean for SEO? Uh, that's an all another debate. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. And I guess that comes back to the question, is SEO, a house of cards, you know, is this all going to fall apart? And I was talking to Scott about this and uh, let's jump into it now. What, what do you think, Scott? You know, SEO has definitely evolved a lot in my 20 years and it will evolve a lot more, but there's always going to be uh, the need for SEO. I don't, unless, well, I, I guess AI has its place and AI is evolving and, 
And I don't want to say that a computer is going to steal my job someday, but I guess that is a possibility. But even that, it's still SEO. It's something doing it. You need somebody to direct the AI on what you want to have done. You need, you, there's, there's always SEO. There's always keywords, even if you're not optimizing for a keyword. You know, you have to have the language and the concept and the, the theme of, yeah. Or it, whatever language. It's got to have some subjective theme. Exactly. And if people are searching to say like, um, hey, hey, Google, can you order me a pizza from that place I like? And Google's got to figure it all out from there, as opposed to me saying order a pepperoni pizza from such and such. You know, the way you search, sure, that's going to change, but that would change the way you place content on a website and the type of content you have and, and all the things, right? There's always going to be some level of hands-on work needed. I, I just don't see how it could ever collapse and and be unnecessary. But that was a good example you gave though. And, and it does actually pose some problems. I mean, if Google becomes that good at just understanding what a person wants based on their past experiences, then what it in a sense makes, uh, makes it true is that if someone has found a particular product or company and they buy from them, maybe more than once, your chances of being, you know, if you were comp promoting a competitor, your chances of that competitor showing up again is going to be almost nil because yeah. they're going to go with what you've done before. Now, you know, Google's going to monetize it somehow so that competitor can still get in there. Um, this is just, that's the way they make their money. But from an SEO perspective, yeah, it, it could get much more difficult. And it'll just mean that um, all your money is going to be laid on one, on that first search and that first you know, trying to take away business from someone is going to get a lot harder. Yeah. Um, really, it's just going to be up to them making mistakes, I guess. Uh, one thing, though, you mentioned was about AI, and I thought this was pretty funny. I had no idea about this. And I, I, it's another article worth reading that they linked to from this. Um, uh, this is a quote. The problematic effects of increased AI in inference over time are easy to imagine. And he says, while I was writing this article, a Google researcher went viral claiming he'd been placed on an administrative leave after notifying the company that one of its AI chatbots, powered by a different technology, had become sentient, through the, although the company disagrees, unquote. And, you know, reading the article, it's a little creepy. Uh, he, what his job was to do was to actually analyze uh, the content coming out of this chatbot to make sure that it wasn't uh, racist or you know uh, biased uh, based on the content it has and like racially biased or uh, I forget the other one uh, but there's a lot of different biases that can cause problems and he actually had this conversation with it and it had changed its his own mind about mm. a particular opinion he had. And he was just awestruck by it. Uh, and he felt like he was talking to a real person. Um, so yeah, he's gone all out. He did get put on administrative leave before this, but um, because he said this, which is weird. I don't know why. He must've been very yeah. passionate about it. And then he decided to go public. Anywho, um, it's fascinating stuff, all this. And AIs, I don't think we can conceive of what it's going to do. Uh, very much. Uh, this is going to be a game changer when it kicks in. And, you know, if something does become sentient, 
<laughs> you, you know, who knows? There's, you, you've always got people who have to flip burgers and, and deal with the fryer. You know, I guess I could always do that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if I have to, I'll yeah. find something to do, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> well, I'm not packing anyway, my bags. It was a really good article. Highly recommend people re uh, read it. The Open Secret of Google Search. I uh, don't agree with everything in it, but uh, that's a sign of a good article. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, a mix. All right, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to talk about Twitter and uh, oh, a fairly big change in how it's linking. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Fenack. What's happened at Twitter? Yeah, so uh, your links count now. Can you imagine that? So Twitter has removed the nofollow attribute from links found in tweets and bio links and other links. I don't know what other links there would be, but whatever other links there are, there are no more nofollows on them. So Twitter, you know, they added the nofollow back in 2009 to bio links. And then about a year later, added them to include tweets and other sections. And last week, I think it was, so I guess it was about two weeks ago. So around uh, June 10th or so, they removed the nofollow. So that's, I don't know, that could end up being a big deal. Uh, hmm. You know, I, I suspect that there's a possibility Google will still treat them as nofollow links. That's what uh, I think. Yeah, even though they're not technically no follow, I, I think that's probably what will happen. But I also have to wonder what negative repercussions this might have on Twitter, because now you're going to get the spammers like, hey, these are do follow links now. Are we going to see this uh, onslaught of new Twitter accounts and link spamming and all that kind of stuff for people that think maybe Google will follow the links and count them for SEO? Maybe. Mm. Um, There's always going to be a moron or two out there. But I, yep. I figure ultimately Google's going to make up its own mind. Some may be followed. Some of them may count as credit. Um, but ultimately, I, I think they would stick with the status quo. Um, I believe they were only taking it as a hint. Yeah. Uh, we always discuss, we talked about that, I don't know how many times, 
over the years, but nofollow just seemed to be an, a really weird thing to add. It was them trying to push their agenda on people. Um, put the nofollow on so you can prove to us that you know our rules and that you aren't trying to manipulate us. And like, and do your you own know, job and figure it out. They really <laughs> did it to try to kill uh, monetization of websites. I think that's why they did it. But <laughs> They tried, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I'm sure it did. Well, I know it did damage a lot of things, but uh, anyway, uh, it was uh, quite a mess. And uh, it's interesting to see this. Um, I, I, I wonder if, what kind of research has come out already for this. Uh, you know, I didn't find anything new since uh, Barry, I think it was Barry, uh, was it Barry? I think it was Barry that, that posted the article about it. Um, that was about 12 days ago. I didn't really see, I didn't dig super deep for it, but I didn't find That's anything else. But yeah. Yeah, um, it, it kind of surprises me, though, like Google will probably continue to treat them as no follow and there will probably be no fallout from this. But why would Twitter remove it? Like they had to have made a conscious decision to remove the no follow. I wonder why, you know, like it'd be interesting to find out what their reasons were to that if they just think it doesn't matter. I, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It seems like a strange move without any kind of reason. It does. It does. So Google... Um... Uh, next, next story here, Google's been testing new featured snippet layouts. Um, we've actually got two segments here on snippets and uh, it, they're really messing with stuff. These are again, just um, examples of work in the wild, them testing things. Um, I don't believe we were able to emulate any of these, make them happen for us. Uh, it's not uncommon in Canada here, um, but who knows? Again, this stuff's being tested. I don't like what I see. Um, in this case, up to four snippets are being shown in a single search result on mobile. That's a crammed piece of poo. <laughs> I don't need to see that, man. Just <laughs> go with one. Uh, it just, it was, they were so tight. I, I couldn't get the entire title. Uh, I don't know. It just, the whole thing didn't look nice. I'm hoping that's not something they're going to stick with. It's a, it's a grid type format two by two. Meh, it, it did really look ugly. Yeah. Most like the, there were two there. Most of most of them were like, like you said, that two by two grid somewhere above each other, like just like a normal result kind of, but it's annoying. Like in the example at search engine land, you know, somebody, the example they used was, can you give Allegra to dogs? And in all four of <laughs> I Sorry, don't know I why we're laughing about I didn't that. Think of that. I, I You're making me laugh, that, man. I forgot it, that human stuff could do that. Yeah. In, in all four of the examples or of the featured snippets, everything's truncated with the, you know, the dot, dot, dot. So like the, the answer is truncated. The, the link title is truncated. So it's the, it actually makes a featured snippet almost useless. You've got to click to the site. Although I guess if you're the site owner with that snippet, that's a good thing. Um, but if you just want to find your answer in Google and not have to click through to a website, you're not finding it, you know? So I, I feel like there's not a lot of value in it. Um, yeah, and I guess it's great. Just you... rotate the snippets. Yeah. I would think one, that would be better. Maybe two and just rotate them on loads. You know, I, I guess know if you've, most important. if you've never had the featured snippet now, suddenly you're part of that two by two card pack or whatever you want to call it. I guess that's good. Um, I guess. But as a searcher, from that perspective, it, it's just a mess, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're relying on Google to give us a good suggestion. And they're actually pretty good at it um, for the snippets, I find. Um, I'm happy to take a chance on that one. 
I don't want to be given multiple options. I just don't. Um, I, I do believe it, there's probably use cases where it would be helpful. I just, I can't see them right now. Uh, there's Lord knows there's a lot of searches they do there. They've got a few happening. <laughs> no kidding, right? Yeah. Um, what's the next one? It's a brand story. Well, what the heck? Brand story boxes. Yeah. So it doesn't really have a name. And Barry was in his post saying, I guess I'll call it a brand story snippet, but it doesn't, it's not really a thing. And it was for a branded search. And oh, I don't have it in front of me for, I can find it in about two seconds for, where is it here? For Zara, Z-A-R-A, which I feel like maybe I've lived under a rock. I have no idea what this company is, but apparently I should know. Adding uh, fragrances and tableware, et cetera. Yeah. I guess I don't buy a lot of fragrances. That's probably why I didn't know it. Anyways, it yeah, I guess. <laughs> So if you if you do a search at Google for Zara or Zara, however you say it, Z-A-R-A, uh, you get their normal listing like you would be used to seeing. And then there are two rows of four, um, I, I guess, brand story snippets where you've got a thumbnail, a little square image thumbnail, a title, and uh, a, a tiny logo and the link with the brand. So for instance, uh, one of them is uh, their social link and links to their Facebook page. One is to an article on Fortune. It's mostly news stories that are brand specific. And uh, you know, I haven't seen this in the wild. Barry even noted in his story that he hasn't seen it in the wild. So, and he's in the States, I'm assuming. Yeah, he's like New York, isn't yeah. he? Um, we're in Canada and we haven't really seen it. So it's, it's obviously something that's in a testing phase and not fully rolled out anywhere, I don't think. Um, I, and I guess, you know, it's unlike the, the previous featured snippet thing that we talked about. I think this is probably good because if you're searching for a brand, you know, anything non-brand related is kind of irrelevant to your search. I so, just, I, again, I don't like it when uh, titles that add a lot of context are cut off. Yeah, these ones aren't so bad in this example. Like Zara is closing more than one thousand dot dot dot. Uh, what are they closing? Bathrooms. I don't know. Oh no, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and another one is their home, their Facebook home. Another one, um, Zara head designer under fire. Blah blah blah. You know, it's, so they yeah, it's not horrible. But these are all desktop experiences. I don't see a, mo a mobile yeah. version. So that's I, a good I, point. I there is no mobile snippet here, so it, it could be really ugly on mobile. Yeah, if even possible, it might just look like what we saw uh, with the other the other snippet, the um, uh, the new featured snippet layouts with yeah. four. It might just be too cluttered. You, you know, this ties in a bit as well to the conversation we had with Mike Blumenthal what three or four episodes ago about images, and uh, you know we're seeing eight thumbnail images here, and those images have to come from somewhere, and it all comes mm -hmm. down to your image optimization and your open graph tags and your your structured markup and you know it reinforces the importance of having good imagery on your website because if you wanted to be chosen as one of these if you're one of these news sites and you don't have a featured image associated with that article you might not get the spot but that might be the make it or break it to getting extra exposure with brand related stuff if mm -hmm. you, you know if you're producing content that is related to other brands and creating multiple versions of a particular image for social sharing is important and a pain in the arse. Yep. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it, but it's a necessary evil, especially if you've got any kind of news-based site or uh, e-commerce that, you know, content will be shared or whatever it may be. So keep that in mind. And, you know, it might be some trial and error as these things are just being rolled out uh, or in this case, tested, not officially rolled out. So um, 
but the ones we saw it looked like the images were fairly well scaled and cropped. I've seen some pretty horrifying crops and scales though before. Um, uh, one of the ones I saw one day was uh, it cropped and it cropped down to like someone's junk. It just, you know, I don't need to see that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I bet the uh, owner of that was pretty embarrassed. Yeah. That sentient AI is really trying to play tricks on us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We just play uh, dumb. It's just my AI, but I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, oh, and this next bit had me laughing. You put it down here, but uh, it hyphens. Okay, so when you're doing uh, SEO and um, you've set up, let's say you're using WordPress or something, you can set up a permalink structure. In other words, you can specify how when new pages are added, uh, this is how the, the address or the URL will look. And you can put underscores or hyphens between words if you want the words to show up. Um, well... <laughs> In classic Google fashion, uh, Matt Cutts told us to use hyphens back in 2007. In 2016, John Mueller said that underscores versus dashes do not matter. And now in 2022, Gary Eish says to use hyphens. Uh, what do I do? Yeah, I, I, I've never liked underscores simply because in a URL when URLs are naturally underlined, the blue links you see. So if you have an underscore, the underscores disappear. You just see a gap. It's like a space instead of a character showing up, and it looks awful. Um, that's mainly why I stick with hyphens, and they just seem to make sense to me. So stick with hyphens. <laughs> I don't see a reason why it's a big deal. It's funny how this topic gets brought up every now and then, and here we are bringing it up, but I didn't start it um, because it's been, I, you know, I think one of the first SEO things, like the day you hired me, I learned two things that day, how to file a paper version of a contract and to not use underscores. Like those are the two things. And, <laughs> and man, I can do a mean filing job. I like, you give me some paper contracts. I don't even know. Do you even print them out anymore? Probably not. No, no, we don't even have paper anymore. We don't even, what is paper? Um, and, and, don't use underscores and uh, you don't see it a lot, but every now and then I still come across clients where they're using underscores or spaces. Um, I feel like underscores oh, are worse, are the but, worse. but yeah, that's, they're both terrible. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, use hyphens, uh, you know, Google's flip flopped on it a little bit here, but uh, <laughs> they're back to hyphens. So don't use underscores ever really never. Yeah. And again, I'm sure if you went back to the time when we heard about this, we were chuckling about it too, saying that stick with hyphens. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just the, how things are. <sighs> Local SEO. Now, this is just a little note here, but um, Google has added an uh, so in Google Business Profiles. If you've got a local business and you've signed up and you've created your Google Business Profile, which you should, uh, there are certain um, classifications uh, or attributes in this case that you can add to your profile. One might be wheelchair accessible or bathroom on site or calling guests only, whatever. But uh, one of the new ones they've just added is LGBTQ. And the idea here is that if someone has this on there, maybe that's more appealing to a specific type of searcher. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, have it in there. Um, one of the ones that uh, what, when I, what's, what I don't like is when they use the attribute to, to enforce a negative. And they say, uh, they, someone goes around and starts adding an attribute to people's uh, profiles saying not 
LGBTQ. <laughs> it's like, mm. what are you trying to say? That's the reverse. Well, and also I've get ones not women run. That's one someone kept adding to mine. I'm like, kept removing. I'm like, why does that matter? Put in women run if it is women run, but why not? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it just annoys me. Um, it's a bit of the wild west out there. I'm not sure if they're allowing that anymore, but um, it's good to see though. I think this is a great addition. Our one local SEO news point. Woohoo! Hey, it's more than last. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week, and you, you are the king here. You talk to John. Mueller. I'm the Mueller file this week. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I wanted some reassurance that I was correct about something. And sometimes it's nice to reach out to somebody who can. Well, although based on the hyphen thing, I don't know if I trust John as much anymore. <laughs> but um, we we had a client, and we found that a bunch of their this is a newer client. It's not like I have missed this for years on end. Uh, a bunch of their inbound links were pointing to a non-secure, non-triple W version of their homepage and then being 301 redirected as they should be. Um, and my uh, request to the client is that they work on getting these links changed so that they skip the redirect. And I kind of wanted some reassurance on how important this is. And so I, I went to Twitter like so many people do. And I asked John, not expecting a response. And I said, uh, is full credit given to inbound links that travel through a 301 redirect? For example, HTTP site.com links to HTTP here.com, but that 301 redirects to HTTPS www.here.com. How important is it to fix these source links? And I know it's important, but this is what John's response was. Um, he basically confirmed my thoughts and he said, I wouldn't see it as full credit or not, but rather as mentioned in our docs, I guess I should have read the docs right before I asked them and look for this specific item. Um, it's a good practice for any move to update the important old links to point to the right new pages. So he, it's nice. He verified what I wanted. So when I go to the client and say, I want you to do this, but also John Mueller also wants you to do this, uh, maybe the client will be more likely to do it. Um, so if you have, and, and the main reason I, I wanted reassurance in this case is this particular client of ours has a lot of very good links, like very, very good, good, good links that are pointing to the wrong version. So really we want, it's not just random people blogging about them, which not that that's bad. Um, there's some high power links that we want to get changed. So I wanted to back it up more than just like I say, do it. I wanted, uh, someone else to, to say that as well. So, but yeah, so there you go. If you've got inbound links from high quality sources that are then redirected, uh, either put content there or get those links changed if you can. Yeah. And if you can't, it's not the end of the world. So don't stress out. It's, you know, it is being passed along. It's just, it loses a little bit here and there in terms of that authority. So it's always ideal to have no re redirects. That's it. Absolutely. Okay. A couple of questions on a longer show today, but uh, I want to get to them this time. So we have one from Engraved. It's a business. It says, if a highly regarded website links multiple sites to your, multiple times to your website, is there a number of inbound links that are too many from one domain? Meaning, will it be damaging to your website page rankings if you get to make inbounds 
even if it's a good site. Or if you get too many, it should be. Yeah, because you get too many inbounds if it's a good site. Uh, so uh, my quick answer is that uh, I try I try to think about it as per domain. So if I get a uh, uh, hundred links from one particular uh, one particular website, unless it's something absolutely astronomical, like if I got a hundred links from Forbes, yeah, those are great. All those are going to be super valuable. Yeah. Uh, from an average website though, pick the best page, the one with the most authority. And I bet you that's the only one that's really going to be giving you much benefit. What are your thoughts, Scott? No, I totally agree with that. And it, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a bad thing with getting too many links from a site. Um, you, you know, if you're getting a site-wide link from somebody naturally, you're not paying for it and you're getting maybe even millions of links from one website. I don't think you're getting extra value out of that. I don't think it's something to be super excited about, but I don't think you're going to be harmed by that. Unless of course it says sponsored link and it's obviously a paid link and you're trying to do some gray hat SEO type stuff. Uh, I think you're fine, but generally, you know, one or two links, as long as the content is, is quality is really all you need. Yeah. There was a time when uh, people would, give crap to website design companies for putting their a link to their website in the bottom of footer of every single page and other all their client sites because uh there was a perception that that was a way of link scamming you know like they were trying to get backlinks and it was driving up rankings well the fact was at that time it did help <laughs> yep. so it, it it did look bad but it doesn't help anymore i mean it's not a big deal i mean it, i wouldn't say it doesn't help at all but i would say that uh, Google's smart enough to to now see the difference and disqualify the value of some of those links uh, on its own recognizance. Recognizance, I guess is how you say it. Anyway, um, it's just plain smarter, and I don't worry about that stuff anymore. I would say too, though, if you are getting extra links from a website, there are situations where having more than one link would be helpful. Like let's say Forbes is a great example. If you've got a really high power site linking to you and they write an article about a certain service you offer or a product you sell. And then later on, they write another article about a different service or different product. And you end up getting multiple links pointing to different products and service offerings from different pages or articles or, or whatever from these authority sites. There's still value in that. So if you have one link from one article on Forbes, I don't know that I would say give up and try don't try to get others because no. others could still be, you know, like, oh, I've got one, you know, I don't need another one. Um, so I wouldn't stop at one if you have opportunities to get more, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't push for site-wide links in a, you know, a, a sidebar or something, because I don't think there's any value in that. I think no. they've got to be contextual and, um, you know, inline links, as we would say, to really have any kind of good value. Well, and, and also consider, remember the golden rule is not about search. I mean, hopefully you're on a website that actually has traffic and the people are reading the article and come and check you out and like what you're doing and hire you or buy your product or whatever it might be. So getting those extra links, or in this case, writing for a, a, a magazine, online magazine, or being written about, it's all good press, man, uh, unless it's bad press. Right. <laughs> um, uh, next question is from Jeremy Ginsburg. He says, I know what Google's stance on AI generated content is, but I'm curious to know what others in the group think about it. I didn't get a chance to look at some of the uh, comments, but 
Um, I saw an interesting ad. I mean, we've kind of talked about AI generated content today, but not really our opinion on it. <sighs> What's your first thought there, Scott? I've got a couple ideas, but. You know, I'm not against it by any stretch. If you can get AI generated content, providing you proofread it before just dumping it on your website um, and you make sure it's, it's well-written and it, and it applies and it's relevant. I, I mean, I know Google doesn't necessarily like it, but I don't really see why not, as long as it is good and relevant and not just filler fluff, mm. I would be okay with it. Um, it just seems economically sensible if you're able to generate that content. Yeah. And, and it's and good. Whether or not that's something that's naturally going to happen right now. Uh, you know, the, there's the jury's out. There's a lot of issues with AI generated content still. Um, I've seen examples where it's great. Well, pretty good anyway, but uh, that's definitely not the norm in my experience. So my stance is that it may have its place soon. It's a, well, it will have its place soon and already is being used, but I mean, in terms of quality and something people want to see, it may have its place soon. It's just that I question its value. Uh, since if it's not being written by a person, what's the purpose of it? Is it just to add more content to a site or is it actually there to add value? And at that point, is that better done by a person at this stage? Um, it's an interesting concept, the whole thing. When I've seen it done right, I'd be actually quite happy to have it on my website. I think FAQs, all that kind of stuff, I think it'd be great. You know, some of this filler stuff that we have to have on our website that's a bit tedious to do. It'd be fantastic if it could get AI to rewrite this stuff for us or keep note of the questions that come into our email and then add the new question automatically to our website or whatever. I, this sort of stuff would be really cool. And I can see a lot of usages for it, but uh, it's the jury's still out on just how worthwhile it is. Um, when you can still do much better yourself. I had noted, you know, have AI generate the content, then you go back in and fix it. But there might be the flip side of that is you create content and then give it to the AI, AI and say, make this better. Because not mm. everybody's a writer. You know, like I can write reasonably well, but I'm not the best. And if I could create, a, you know, whether it be a blog post or whatever, several paragraphs to maybe a few thousand words, piece of content, and I get it to a point where I think it's really good and then have an AI fix it and just tweak it and improve it, you know you're going to get the content that you want, but your grammar and maybe um, your reading level, maybe you need to bring the reading level down or up or something, you know, and uh, uh, AI can help you fix it and improve it, but not fully create it. I think that maybe there's a place there. Yeah, and we're taking the leap here thinking you're talking about content in the form of articles and blog posts. There are different types mm -hmm. of AI content. Visual, um, yeah. Yeah, one of my coaches, she actually uses a, a tool that kind of blew my mind and it blew her mind. She's using it all the time now. She puts in essentially what she wants to say from a marketing standpoint, and it comes out with advertising text that she says is as good as what I could write. And it's done. She just copies and pastes. And I saw her do it. She ran it through me. I was kind of disbelieving it. And uh, I got to say, it was good amazing. And it actually gets to know how you write. So it, it speaks almost as though it's in your voice. It's a little creepy. <laughs> well, how well it works. You know, another really good example, and this is, uh, I learned about this website actually through SMX Advanced 
last year. Um, and I just, it's reminded me of it. And the website is this dash, they're using dashes, not underscores. This dash person dash does not, does, this person does not exist.com with dashes between all the words. Okay. Yeah. And, and it generates a, a photo of a person, like a headshot, mm. but it's not a real person. It's just like a totally made up by AI. And if you go there, I can't tell the difference. Like, no, I would never know it's not it's a hard. real face. Yeah, and sometimes so, it doesn't do so well and you can, but I remember that there were some that were difficult. But that might be great because rather than going to, because uh, that's AI generated content, and rather than going to iStock Photo, I don't know if you can use these photos legally that are auto generated, um, but having that type of tool so you could get photos of people for your website, which are often tough to get if you don't have people to take pictures of, um, you know, there might be a place for that type of content just as like uh, graphical support on your site there's actually an example um connected to that article um is google dying uh or not not no is the open secret of google search uh there's a connected article about the ai that guy who's saying it uh he found uh that this chatbot had become sentient anyway and they talk about and i'm i can't remember the name of it but one of google's uh current efforts which and i have seen the results it can actually create images based on the keywords and they're amazing amazing like it's stunning so that's a really good use case for stock photography um, in this case they can literally generate that image um and it's mind-blowing <laughs> mm. <laughs> you put like a duck dancing and it'll do a duck dancing uh, like however you imagine it uh, it may not be exact it Exactly, but it'll do what it thinks is a duck dancing, and it's it's astonishing how quickly it can do it and how well it does. Uh, it's amazing. Anyway, we could talk about AI for days and days. There's so much going on with it. I'm fascinated by no it. Kidding. Uh, never keep up on it actually, but there's just too much. So, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. Don't miss a single link and refresh your memory of a past show at any time. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air twice a month on WMR.fm. Yeah, thanks. And in an effort to sound less grumpy, thank you for <laughs> listening, everybody. And uh, just know that we do appreciate you. opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.